Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, the opportunity to chat with American country singer songwriter Emmett Stevens Jr. In this newest episode, Emmett joined me to talk about new single "Done with You," the first song he ever learned to play and sing on the guitar, the formative years of his career, thoughts on Taylor Swift to Travis Kelce relationship, how he manages the problem of overthinking, and more. Now, with that being said, hope we join a conversation with Emmett. Emmett, hello. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it, it's great. It's great to be able to chat with you. Just, uh, I guess after I, I guess fresh off after the people's choice country awards that just aired uh, recently um which is really cool to see because that's the first uh in- inaugural uh people's yeah. choice country awards which it hasn't happened ever and now we're seeing it and we're seeing people like winona judd being honored and we're seeing toby keith being honored through his sacrifices that he's been through uh with this cancer battle and uh what a song don't let the old man in is is um, that tells his his whole career and a story, um, whether it's a three minute song or four minute song, it tells his whole story and his battles that he that he's been through in his career. Um, and I guess now talking about country music, as we're going to talk about on this whole episode, but I guess let's start it off with I guess when you were age twenty, you started I guess you started playing in dive bars, you started playing in different areas in in, in your local uh, area. I mean, how did those, I guess, experiences sort of give you that, I guess, that little push that you want to do country music and, and do it as a full-time career? So um, what I would say, I used to, um, while well, I was going to college for a bit, and um, I actually ended up having to take a break uh, from college, which, you know, it's been five years. This is a heck of a break now. Um my dad ended up having some surgery. That's not so important, but like, you know, I ended up trying to make some money on the side and that's actually how I got started and like playing the bars and stuff like that. And um, I remember there's this little restaurant in uh, my hometown, Dade city uh, where I'm still, where I'm actually at right now. And um, I just wanted to, I always loved to play music, always loved to sing and stuff, but I'd never like been out and like, you know, played at like a bar or something like that, you know, the stereotypical thing, what you're supposed to do. And so I signed up, I went up to the place and I was like, hey, I'd like to play here. And at the time, man, oh, I think I played, uh, I think it was like four hours for like $50. And um, which, you know, garbage pay. But like, I loved every minute of it. I would have done it for free. I would have paid them to let me be there at that point. And so I think from there, that really kind of like, yo, there, there's something here. Like I need to, this is what I, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Just fell in love with playing music for people, I think. But like that's that's how you start out, though. I mean, even though you, yeah. you make a little money and it's not like as satisfying as it is in, in the yeah. first time around. But like eventually that's how the whole thing starts in your career. You know, like you start with little to nothing and then you sort of yeah. work your way up and you build on these experiences and then you start playing out more and you start getting those other experiences, I guess, professionally speaking. Um, and then that's when I guess you start to, I guess come to terms with yourself about all right do i want to now pivot in my career and and take a leap of faith and do something like a competition show to so so to speak um but like how does that benefit my career do i want to be looked at oh he's just a contestant from that show or is he like that person that just did music on the side and and just kept the whole side hustle going and and made a name for himself originally and authentically Rather than being known as that person, okay, but he's a person from TV, I guess. If that makes sense. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I think authenticity always shines through and I mean, I just fell in love with it so fast. Like I would have done it for free, you know, after like I felt how I felt after playing it. So it's kind of hard if you want to go to the, um, I don't know, to each their own. Everyone's entitled to do whatever they want. You got one life to live, do whatever you want to do. If you want to go do that kind of stuff. And you know, who knows? I might, you know, never say never. You know what I mean? Well, do you do you ever see yourself going on shows like The Voice or American Idol, so to speak, or 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 do you do you see yourself also going to possibly America's Got Talent to start off with, or or other yeah. like small little competitions? So when I was in high school, I actually auditioned for a um, America's Got Talent. I remember me and my family actually drove all the way up to uh, Jacksonville, which is like a three-hour drive from where I live, and um, just for the experience. And I had no idea what it was like. And I'll tell you what, man, the camaraderie and, like, the bonds that you, like, make with people while you're there, like, because everyone there is, like, everyone, I wouldn't say they're there for the same reason, but everyone is there because they're passionate about uh, their art, whatever they do. So, um, dude, I would love to go on, you know, either whether it's, like, you know, Idol or The Voice, especially, because, like, you know, they got all the, I say The Voice especially, <laughs> but, um. I think the camaraderie that you'd get from just being around the other passionate people about what you're also passionate at, which is something you don't get like with America's Got Talent per se, because there's like, you know, different niches and different talents. But like for the voice, like everyone's just there because they love music. They love to sing. They love to write songs. And um, I'd, I'd love to go there just because, you know, I'd like to I like to be around passionate people. That's my favorite thing. I love passionate people. Well, have you seen, I guess, the recent seasons of The Voice yet or no? Um, so I don't watch a whole lot of TV. That is something about me. I, um, I tend to binge watch a bunch of stuff. And so I try to stay away every once in a while. I'll get hooked on like a Netflix show. Uh, like I just uh, watch suits and, um, just like binge like the whole series. Uh, so I try to stay away from as much TV as possible. Cause I have a very addictive personality. I'll get hooked on it real quick. And then I won't be able to get myself off. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've been able to interview so many people from the voice already um oh, cool even even the winner of i think season 22 of the voice uh mr bryce leatherwood um okay yeah so he's um he's been on the show as well and i'm I'm hoping to have this season's contestants as well and hopefully the winner of the season as well on the show um but I'm, i mean in the meantime i guess as we're talking about i guess binge watching shows and obviously you're saying suits i mean i want to go back to talking about the people shows country awards because not only is it about the awards, but we have to highlight a lot of the, I guess, the fashion side of People's Choice Country Awards and what people, what people are pulling up in, you know, suits and ties, and some people yeah. are up in country outfits. But I mean, if you were in that position and you had to choose what you would, would want to wear to People's Choice Country Awards, what would that outfit be? Dude, I am the I am the least fashion savvy person on the planet. Um, anyone that knows me, I wear the same like Target t-shirts every day. Uh, Goodfellas, the brand. I mean, it is what it is. I wear a black t-shirt. I have this shirt. I have like 18 of these shirts. I got black, maroon, made like really dark colors typically. And then I just kind of wear jeans and boots all the time. I'd probably, uh, I'd have to hire somebody. 
if I ever like got the chance to go to one of those award shows, man, I have to bring somebody in to like dress me because I'd show up just in like a Target t-shirt and jeans. And I don't think they'd like that at the award show. No, you know? honestly, I think you should just pull up in a suit and tie just like Justin Timberlake would. Dude, I should. You know, that like that should be a consideration at least. I could, man. Shoot, I might. You never know. I clean up good, I think. But um, it takes a special occasion for me to clean up. Absolutely. Well, I mean, um, with that being said, I think we I have to talk about also, you know, as we talk about the the local performances you made in your career, but like in moments where I guess in, in, in the tough moments when you're 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 really grinding it out and you're trying to make a name for yourself in music and the and the industry, um, I guess there comes a lot of hurdles, so to speak. Um, and there comes a lot of roadblocks and you have to yeah. navigate through that and find your way through that, I guess, that dark tunnel. But like, I guess keeping yourself grounded through, I guess, your deep root of faith has been a key aspect of, of, of I yeah. guess, your, your, your growth in music. Um, is that accurate? Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, so my dad is a pastor and he has been a pastor. I'd say I'm 25. So for the last. I want to say around 15 years, maybe don't quote me on that, but it's around 15 years. Um, and so we started going to church when I was seven or eight. And that's when I kind of started singing was like you know, in church, you know, and um, when my dad started to pastor, um, you know, you got to have praise and worship music at the church and stuff. So I was like to sing. Uh, my mom's a great singer. Even my little sister can sing. Um, but, you know, we needed music and, you know, you can't just like acapella all the time. And so that's actually probably one of the reasons I started like to pick up the guitar, I think too, because our church was needing some, like, you know, we needed someone to play the songs that we were singing along to. And um, so I just kind of picked it up and fell in love with it. Haven't stopped since. Um, but back to your question about the staying grounded and stuff, um, knowing that there's a greater plan and it's not always up to me what happens I think that, you know, sets me down. Like if something's not working out, it's not supposed to work out. If one door closes, another one opens. And if no door is opening right now, man, maybe you need to look at some other doors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And like, I'm like, I guess like, I don't like to use the word I in terms of like describing myself, but like for me, it's, it's, it is similar in, in any way. Uh, shape or form of what you were just saying because for me it's 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 sort of like this thing where i i kind of battle with myself and i i kind of like i'm like do i want to do this like podcasting thing as a full-time career like i can see myself doing it it's very possible um but like at the same time like do you have to get like a part-time role somewhere or do you have to get a Oh, you know, yeah. Do you have do you have to go back to school and, and study some more on radio and get some uh, get some more experiences there and then sort of build a reputation with some professional people um through like LinkedIn and stuff like that and and make connections with them and then hopefully you get a job somewhere in a radio station and then yeah. you do more interviews with people that are bigger and people that are more popular um and so that's like the thought like I've been recently like really like battling with because i'm like i don't know what i yeah. want to do like do i want to do podcasting full-time while also like doing a part-time thing or do i want to do you know do i want to go back to school and 
study more and get some more experiences but like yeah i guess i guess it's it's a hard thing to really understand of like what exactly it is you want to do because i feel like nowadays i feel like we're all sort of like battling with ourselves in our heads and and like overthinking a lot of things that shouldn't be overthought um i mean is there moments where in your career you sort of like have this one thing that you think about and then another thing pops up and you're like actually i want to switch to that instead of like doing this at this moment does that ever occur i mean totally especially when i like first started i think you know because like at the same time when you start from the bottom the only way to go is up but then you know as you start to like progress like i mean that first roadblock i think is always the hardest because like you know it's the first time you've kind of encountered and like pushback on something and man i mean there's been times like you'll you'll be dealing with someone that like you know you like either trust or you like you respect or you look up to and then they just don't turn out to be who they say they are or they don't always have the most pure intentions and that can be really disheartening um because you know you go in like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like you know the world's your oyster kind of thing but you know there there are there are some there are some bad people out there i think there's more good people than bad people but there's definitely some people that can you know make the waters a bit murky so i think being true to yourself and knowing what you want and being able to surround yourself with people that support you that's a big thing too for me i don't have a big circle of friends uh i keep to about four and five guys i went to high school with like they're my close friends and then you know and i tell them everything and um they're gonna watch this so they're gonna you know they get the shout out um but I keep them around because they remind me of who I am and they're quick to either call me out on something or if I'm, you know, dealing with like this new person um, on a professional level or, you know, personal level, whatever. Um, they're quick to say like, oh, I don't know if this person is like, you know, good for you. And I'll take that with a grain of salt and I'll be like, all right, should I like, you know, take a step back? Should I like, you know, reassess, reevaluate? Um, Cause I trust my friend's opinions and I try to, I try to make sure I keep friends that have good opinions. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I want to also talk about, um, you know, you, you talked about how you picked up the guitar um, okay. uh, fairly, fairly young. Do you remember, do you remember what the first song that you learned on your guitar was? Yes. The first, I mean, the first song obviously was like smoke on the water, you know, the dun, 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 dun. so that was the first song I learned. The first song I ever learned how to play and sing, um i was a huge ed sheeran fan um loved ed sheeran and he had a song called the a team and to this day it's my most oh it's not my most embarrassing video on there but if you go look up like emmett stevens jr uh the a team on youtube there's a really old video of a very young me that um is singing in my parents bathroom and covering the a team and to this day if my friends will they're they're very likely to pull it up just to uh, remind remind me of where I, where it all started and stuff it's a very humbling experience to hear young me sing that song yeah absolutely well i guess i guess we'll we'll have to put this clip in there somewhere no i'm joking but uh, <laughs> uh but uh i mean oh man i mean th there's got to be i guess like for me like i i used to play guitar when i was so little um oh, cool you don't play anymore no, I don't play anymore. Oh, why'd you give it up, man? 
I think I think it's just like it it's so difficult to like really understand like the whole like I guess the the fingering part of the um the guitar because it's 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 hard to know where to place your fingers but like I guess like if you build on experiences and you keep doing it you'll you'll get it once there but but like it's it's harder to even do it with experience like that's the only thing that I think I'm battling with is that like I don't see myself playing the guitar I see somebody else like playing the guitar for me while I perform um okay see like like that's the thing like I I do a lot of like um I love country music. I love like um, the old time country time. music. Like, I guess. yeah, like I, I love the old time country music. I love Little Vince Gill, one of my favorite artists of all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I love the oldies. I love George Jones a little bit. Um, sometimes Alan Jackson. Um, yeah. Like just down that rabbit hole. But sometimes, like, I'll sometimes try out things that are new. Like maybe if it's like Luke Combs. Like I do like a really good yeah. Luke Combs. I guess like Luke Combs Beautiful Crazy. Um hey, beautiful song. Man. That's one of my favorites to do, yeah. Yeah. Bro, we were um we were down in St. Augustine this or up for me, I guess. Down for y'all. Up for me. We were up in uh St. Augustine this weekend for the uh Songwriters Fest. A man named um Arliss Albritton asked me to be there. He's a good friend of mine and um love him to death. And he asked me to come up. And we got to hang out with some pretty cool songwriters. And, um, you know, I don't know if I should name drop, but like, you know, there was a guy that I'll do it. He's a good friend of mine now too. Uh, Rob Williford uh, with Luke Combs, who wrote, uh, who was a writer on Beautiful Crazy. He was there and I got to hear him sing the song on stage at the festival, which was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, that is always cool when you get to, when you get to have like a front row seat to see, somebody that's behind the the song of the famous artist that sung it. Um, it's always cool. It's always cool to, to know the like, Oh, so he wrote that song, you know, instead yeah. of like, instead of like, I guess like when we're, when we're seeing people in concert, like when you, when you go to Ticketmaster and you go see stuff like who comes in concert. Um, but a lot of people, just go because they know the name Luke Combs and they know his music, yeah. but little do they know that like, he doesn't write like, well, I mean, he does write his songs, but like, he doesn't write majority of his songs alone. Like <laughs> a lot of, not his songs, alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's, very few, there's very few people that like write songs alone, man. So like, like me, like when I'm down in Florida, obviously for the most part, I'm writing alone. Like I go up to when I'm up in Nashville, I'll, um, that's when I schedule all my like co-writes and stuff. And it's important to do both. I think when you're writing by yourself, um, you learn a lot more about yourself. Uh, when you're writing with other people, you know, you're bouncing ideas off of each other and like, you know, you're kind of learning about them. But when you're like at your house or like, um, like I was in the car, I had back from St. Augustine and wrote a song. And um, I was able to get like really, really personal and like really like, you know, really talk to myself and understand like how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling. Um, and I think that's when like the most pure authentic songs come out and half the time, man, those pure authentic songs are what people really connect with. Yeah, for sure. And I guess now like talking about, um, authentic songs and stuff like that, um, I want to talk about your new single you've released done with you. Yeah. Um, it, it has a lot of references to a lot of artists, um, Take me through that song and sort of where you first picked up like that, I guess, that feeling of like you wanted to write this song 
where were you when you when that thought came about and how did yeah. it sort of i guess make it i guess how did this song come to life altogether all right all right it was um i remember because i actually looked up the date of like the voice memo that's in my phone it was november of 2021 um i was actually in a relationship at the time and which is shocking because like the song is uh, a breakup song you know um but i was i was in the kitchen and i i don't i think i mean i i, I must have been listening to like some other songs and stuff because of all the references but i was in the kitchen and i was just thinking I got my whiskey glasses, that's what Morgan said. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like a cool little, um, like, nod to, I guess, like, Morgan Wallen. And I was like, what about all the other, like, you know, breakup songs that there are? And I was like, if the, is there a way to, like, you know, you know, give them their flowers for, like, these breakup songs? Because country music, there's no shortage of sad, you know, breakup songs in country music. And so I didn't just want to write, like, another breakup song, per se. But if you could give like a, a nod to like some people that kind of helped shape me as an artist and like, you know, influence some of the songs that influence me and like how I write, how I, you know, sing even. Um, and so that's why I, I just started going down the line. It's like, um, so Morgan, uh, Midland, Drinking Problem is mentioned, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Um, what's the other one's that? Drunk on a Plane. Um, who actually got to meet one of the writers on that song, not this year, but last year at St. Augustine, Mr. Chris Tompkins. He's great. Um, and yeah, and then I guess one of the saddest songs in country music, you know, uh, Neon Moon by Brooks and Dunn. That's why where the song like Done With You came. That's why also Dunn is spelled D-U-N-N, like Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. And I don't know, man, the course actually just came together so fast that um, I was like, this is, it's special. If, if anything, it's at least special to me, even if nobody else likes it. I love it and it's special to me. But um, I was in my kitchen and which is right over there. You can't see it. It's right there. And um, I just came up with the course in the kitchen. And then like for the next like day or two, just like brainstormed and wrote. And yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this this song done with you um I was, I was sort of like doing some research behind it and stuff like that and and i guess now to really put it in to a, a better perspective is that this song sort of was i guess the culmination of of the years of of work you put in through practice and self-discovery of playing the guitar or whatever that you had done earlier in your life but like also like the song has like references to people like morgan wallen uh, Midland, Chris Stapleton, Dirk Bentley, and Brooks and Dunn that we've heard from the title, obviously done with you for Ronnie Dunn. Um, what was it about this song that you said that like, or what was it about the song that sort of clicked for you that you said that this is what my single will, uh, I, well, this is what I want my single to be. And I guess, how do you want people to take to, what do you want people to take away from the song? I guess. So done with you. It is a breakup song. But it's not just, it's not just like a sad breakup song, if that makes sense. Basically, there's always like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like you know, there's, there's always a silver lining, um, and music's always helped me get through some like you know some dark times in my life. Um, 
And so the song, the song is really just meant to help if you are just done with something, whether it's, you know, whether it's a, a relationship, whether it's work, if it's um, some family thing, whatever it is, if you're just done with something, music is always like a safe space to go to and like, you know, take the time to heal. Um, but I wanted to put this song out first just because of the emotional connection I think I had to it. And again, I've been playing out in bars since I was like 20, 21 now. Uh, 21, in case I'm the, I told the bars I was 21 when I was really 20 so that they would let me in to play. Um, so if they're watching this, like, it's too late now, right? I think Statute of Limitations is kind of like up on that. Um, but when I would play this song out, it seemed to be one of the original songs that I would play that people seemed to really connect with. Or um, like there's some people that, you know, they had learned the words before the song even came out. Like there's some people that knew the song like over a year ago, because when they would come see me play, they'd either record it and then they would just listen to it like throughout their week um, on their phones. And so when I was able to like say, like I'm putting this song out, it was really cool to like see people like singing along. Like I got some videos sent to me by some buddies um, that of them singing the song. And that's, that's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. And I get emotional when I think about it because it's, um, it's a good feeling. I'm not going to cry. It's a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a great song. And honestly, um, <clears throat> there's, I guess, so much to take away from that. And, and I guess, like, we'll leave that to the audience and how they will react to the song. But, I mean, to, I guess, to wrap up with a few more questions here, I guess the the only questions I've left is, I guess, now, if we take this whole, I guess, if if we look back on your career so far, I guess, there's been a lot of years where I guess you would call it the the, the transformative years, I guess, of of your career. Um, and there's been years where you've you felt like this points of your musical journey. There's been formative ones too. Um, when when did you know that like the whole thing was sort of transforming and and I guess when when did you know that the whole thing was forming in terms of your career uh let me think i did a show i want to say it was i, I want to say it was 2021 i did a show in brooksville florida at the florida cracker christmas concert i opened up for um mr craig campbell and i opened up for um, the bellamy brothers you know I was opening for, you know, opening for the opener, you know, because you got to start somewhere. And um, I was there. And for most shows, especially like larger shows I'd had the chance to do, I would only play covers because maybe at the time I wasn't confident enough in my original music. Um, and actually done with you. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I wrote done with you in November of 2021. And this was December of 2021. I'd played the entire show cover songs, you know, like the, you know, some of the classics, you know, to get the crowd hyped up and stuff. Um, and to end off the set, I played Done With You, which was the only original that I had had any confidence in at the time. And I played it and the concert, there was, I think there was like, I'm drawing a blank. It's either, it's either, I know it's a big gap. It's either 1400 or like there was 2100. I can't remember, but it's, it's one of those two numbers. Either way, a ton of people. And, um, I played done with you and the crowd just like, you know, 
they they just went crazy for it. They loved it. And it was one of the first times I'd felt that my music, like my art, something that I had created, something that I wrote, you know, my baby. It was um, something that other people enjoyed or saw value in. And from there, I was like, okay, I, I can do this. Like, I can write songs. I can perform songs. I can perform music that I've written. Um, and people connect with it. So... I think that that concert was the one that like really was like you you can do this and so so far so far so good you know what i mean absolutely well i mean as we're wrapping up here i mean i i guess i guess we'll we'll wrap it up here on light and lighter note i mean i see that you're a football fan <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the biggest question, and I know it might sound annoying to people, this question gets asked all the time. Right now, even on TikTok, the biggest trend, obviously, is Travis Kelty and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift yeah. um, that is the trend. What are your thoughts on it? Um, because, oh, I'm, because, because I'm curious because, you know, as I guess as yourself as a football fan, I guess it's more intriguing to know what, what you think as a football fan. Yeah, a person just seeing it on a person that's not a fan of football, but a person that just seeing on TikTok. Like my thoughts on the Taylor Swift and Travis yeah. Kelsey thing. Yeah, I mean, bro, they're both adults. Uh, you know, they're having a good time. Honestly, man, I've seen more girls on social media start watching football because Taylor was at the game. Um, I love football. I love when people watch football. Um. I hope they don't drive up the ticket sales too much so I can still afford to go. <laughs> but um, nah, man, if they're happy, they're happy. Let them, you know. I think they're cute together, you know. I think they'd have huge babies. Aren't they both like, isn't, how tall is Taylor? Taylor's really tall. And Travis is a huge dude. They'd have huge kids. Yeah, I mean, who do you think is going to win the, the Super Bowl this year? Oh, bro, don't do that to me. So I'm a Buccaneers fan. So obviously, you know, we're not a we're not a contender to say the least um honestly bro i think it'd be kind of cool to see the chiefs do it my best friend in nashville he's a huge colin he's a huge chiefs fit um so i don't know i'm gonna say the chiefs because of my buddy colin that's what i'm gonna say i guess i guess we're all going with the chiefs just because it's taylor swift um also be cool to see taylor at the super bowl you know maybe she'll exactly do that. have they just have they decided who's doing halftime this year uh, I don't. I don't think Taylor's doing anything uh, for the halftime show. I think she was offered to do it the halftime show, and then she declined. Um, oh. So that's interesting. Um, I, okay. I know that. I know that Usher is performing at the halftime show this year. Um, that's, oh, that's pretty one, cool. That's the headliner. So, I mean, it it would be entertaining either way. But like Usher, to me, in my opinion, I don't think has I guess enough songs where. It gets the crowd hyped enough. Like that's just my opinion. I think there should be like they should have chose better. Um, they've had better options to choose from. Um, but I mean, hey, so be it. I, I'm not. I'm not the one to complain on here. But um, I'll tell you what, man. I love Usher. He had some. Um, I remember me and my buddies would be driving around town, be late, and my buddies like they would tell me all about their sad, you know, heartbreak stories. Um, which is where some of the songs I write come from. Is from like their, you know, poor life decisions. Uh, but man, I remember we'd be like leaving Chili's and we would just be driving around our little town listening to um, Usher, uh, Let It Burn. Uh, my buddy, yeah, my buddy does a nice little rendition of Let It Burn, you know, especially when it's like 1130 at night and he's 
had a couple he's had a couple drinks in him absolutely well it's the end of our time together but thank you so much again for chatting with me i had such a blast wow. and 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 i mean I, I had a really good time to be able to explore um your new single done with you and to explore this whole thing with your career and to to know uh, who you are as an artist and um I, I i wish you the best oh dude thank you so much for having me this has been a blast this is actually my first podcast ever which i'm sure came across a few times but um dude thank you for having me i had a great time talking to you so hopefully we can do this again okay yeah for sure uh, absolutely i mean um well let's 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 hope that the um let's hope the chiefs can win the super bowl um because Fingers i would crossed, love man. because i think i think like not like I, I'm not saying that I want the Chiefs to win just because of Taylor Swift. Well, I think that's the main point that everyone's trying to get across. But like at the same time, yeah. I think I think we all want the Chiefs to win just because we want to see the the coach get more cheeseburgers in again. Um, oh, of course. Because it, because we we know that he loves cheeseburgers. I Who doesn't that. though, man? And listen, I love, cheeseburgers. I, I love cheeseburgers too. McDonald's cheeseburgers are the best. I will say, oh, yeah. uh, nothing yeah, beats yeah. nothing beats them. Um, well, I mean. Thank you so much again for chatting. I, I, I had such a blast. And um, if you want to connect with Emmett, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on TikTok. Um, to help yeah. support my show, please, please feel free to share with family, friends, or on social media. You can also find me on all podcast streaming platforms. I've been your host, Jimmy Keltzang. Thanks for tuning into the show. <laughs>